with children, we need to have a clear understanding of who they are. Because that affects how we minister and how we care for them. Two points as I think of children. One is children come into the world as sinners in need of a Savior. I know, I know, when your little child is born, for a little while there you think, that child must be sinless for a few days. And then most of the time, we can see that little stubbornness that comes out even in babes that are days old. Genesis 8:21 says, The intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Psalm 58 says, Wicked people are born sinners. From birth, they've lied and gone their own way. And I know most of us know that. But it's important as we look at our philosophy of ministry to children and to adults that we understand clearly who we are. I understand that our society doesn't like the idea that people are sinners. And they don't like the idea that there's evil and good in the world. And yet, we know that it's important that we do that. But secondly, yes, our children are born sinners. But also God's Word says that, that they are gifts from the Lord created in His image. We need to know that. We need to know that our children are gifts from God created in His image. Psalm 127 says, Do you see your children are God's gifts? or best gifts. The fruit of the womb his generous legacy. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. And Genesis 1 says that God created man in his own image. Kids, they are a blessing. Sometimes, yes, sometimes they can be trying. We need to remember that in all times, even when they're a handful, that they can be a joy. There's a group of, of fathers sitting in a waiting room, probably some time back because they were waiting for their kids to be born, and, and um, a nurse came in and announced to one man that his wife had had twins. And he said, what a coincidence. I played for the Minnesota Twins. A few seconds later, a few minutes later, nurse came in to another father and said, you have triplets. And he said, that's amazing. I work for a 3M company. There's a third guy sitting in the room, and he slowly slid to the floor. And someone said, are you okay? He said, yeah. He says, I work for the 7-Up company. Kids, whether they're one or whether they're seven, let's remember they are a blessing from our Lord. They are a blessing. Each one is so special. Each one is so unique. Each one born with a passion and a gift that only God could give. I love talking with, with parents and just hearing them tell the different personalities and temperaments that each child has. We must know our children. We must know them if we're to minister to them. 
In Mark 10, 13 says that, that they were bringing their children to him. They might touch them. And the disciples rebuked him. The first thing I noticed is parents were involved in bringing their children to Jesus Christ. They wanted Christ to touch their children and to bless them. I think it's important for us to know that we need to bring our children to Jesus. It's very interesting, this word is, is that people were bringing their children to Christ. It says that they were bringing, and it indicates a continuous thing, sometimes lengthy periods that people were bringing their kids. Back in the Jewish um, tradition, kids were brought, especially at, at age one, but at various times to the Jewish rabbi. And at age one and on, they'd be blessed by the rabbi. Sometimes fathers would bring the kids, pray themselves for the children, and then go to the elders. And each of the elders would hold the baby and pray for it. When they come, maybe they recognize the love that Jesus Christ had for his, for his children. They saw them, they, they saw him heal kids. They saw him cast out demons from children. They saw, in one case, one where Christ raised a child from the dead. They knew that Jesus loved him. Well, the same way as these parents brought their children to Christ, we, as parents, need to bring our children. Parents, we need to bring our children to God's kids' learning at 9 o'clock. And it would be good to drop them off here and go across the street to adult learning. And then bring them to worship where they can in turn go to God's kids' worship. You know, Mondays when Awana, which starts up this week, bring them on Monday. And if you have kids that are a little bit older, like youth, Wednesdays, aftershocks are starting up. Parents, bring your children to Christ. Bring your children to ministries here. It was so neat to hear the kids singing, Jesus loves me. I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I remember going to vacation Bible school. I learned Jesus loves me. I learned it. And I remember those signs. My question for each of us is, parents, will your children grow up knowing Jesus loves me? Will your children grow up singing songs that give out biblical truth? First, we bring our children to church to hear about Jesus Christ. Secondly, parents need to be involved. Twenty-nine kids, and I'm sure that's not all the kids. We need helpers. We need parents, but not just parents. We need single people. We need parents who have kids that are grown and are now having their own kids. We need people to be involved if the ministries are to be effective. We want the ministries here to be exciting. We want kids to learn about Jesus Christ at a very early age. We want them to know that the Bible is God's Word. We want them to know that there is salvation in Jesus. 
So I encourage you to bring your kids to each of these ministries. And third, the impact of parents' church-going habits in men, especially fathers, is powerful. Sometimes it's easy for us to drop our kids off and go to the coffee shop or go grab breakfast. A study was done and Robbie Lowe in uh, Touchstone uh, magazine writes about it. A study done in, in Switzerland. But it shows the power, the influence, rather, of fathers going to church. If a father does not go to church, no matter how faithful the wife's devotions are, only one in 50 children will become a regular worshiper. If the father does not come, one in 50. If a father goes regularly, regardless of the practices of the mother, between two-thirds and three-fourths of the children will become churchgoers. And thirdly, if a father goes but irregularly to church, regardless of his wife's devotion, between a half and two-thirds of their offspring will come to church. That's powerful. And, and mothers, that is in no way to take away from your place. Because women, mothers are the ones who provide that nurturing so often. That's not the point. The point is, our culture says men and fathers aren't important. I want you to know that fathers are very important. Now think back to the Jewish culture. And who was it that took the kids to be blessed by the rabbi? It was the fathers. Too often we fail to see the importance of spending time with our children. Charles Francis Adams was a 19th century diplomat who kept a diary. And one day he entered into his diary, went fishing with my son today, a day wasted. His son, Brooke Adams, who kept a diary, which is still available to be seen today, says, went fishing with my father, the most wonderful day of my life. The most wonderful day of my life. Men, women, moms, dads, we're busy. We're busy. Too often, we fail to realize the importance of spending time with our children and the impact that we can have on them. We need to recognize, then, time spent at home and at church so valuable. Well, back to that passage, Mark 10, 13 through 16, as they were bringing the children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked him. But Jesus saw it, and he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. We need to realize and value children and do nothing to hinder them. Do nothing to hinder them. When the parents were bringing their kids, the disciples wanted to rebuke them. And in some of the verses, some of the wording seems to be almost threatening the parents for bringing their kids. Almost continuously threatening. Maybe the disciples kind of didn't like the fact that Jesus didn't spend any time with them because of all these kids. Maybe there were so many people that 
it was impossible for all of them to see Christ. And maybe they were took on that job of uh, maybe filtering through who could see Jesus. And maybe even though Jesus had made clear the importance of children, maybe they forgot that. It, it seems like they failed to grasp that. Maybe they were kind of like the Secret Service. If you watch President Obama, you'll see that all around him there are these Secret Service people, right? They protect him. They keep people from him. So maybe the disciples thought that their job was to protect Jesus. Whatever. If the, if the disciples failed to see the importance of children, if they were hindering the kids from coming to Jesus, what does that say about us? Could we? Could we possibly, in the midst of life, with so many things going on, could we fail to see the importance of children and children's ministries? I don't think that we want to hinder any child from coming to Christ. Jesus, it says, was indignant. He was frustrated. He was angry. Because maybe his disciples lacked sensitivity. Maybe they were, he was upset at their selfishness. We know he loved the kids. We know that he probably had a burden for the parents of these children. Well, what could we today, in what ways could we at Good News hinder kids coming to Jesus Christ? What are some ways we might be hindering, not even knowing it? Well, some of our kids who come here and some adults who come here may not know Jesus Christ. And we know that over half of the kids who come to Christ under age 13 are, are led to Christ by their parents. So it's important that we continually teach God's Word about salvation. It's important also that we reach out to the community and, and share the gospel because unsaved parents are in hindrance to kids coming to Christ. A second hinder, thing that would hinder would be inaccurate theology. I still remember... When I came to Christ back in 1978, I had in the back of my mind all these things I had learned. I mean, remember, I grew up in Alabama, Bible Belt, and they take some things and they kind of twist it around a little bit if you're not a believer. And I had all these things that I just knew were biblical. One of them was that God helps those who help themselves. And boy, how unbiblical is that? In the back of our minds, we can have theology, we can have doctrine that may sound good, but it's not accurate. We need to make sure that we have accurate theology. It's an awesome responsibility to teach our children about Jesus Christ and to lead them to Christ. Parents, we must teach our children God's truth, Deuteronomy. We're to lovingly discipline our kids. We're not to exasperate our kids. It says that parents' wise decisions bring blessings to their children. Whereas parents, as we carry this responsibility, first, if we're to teach our kids, we need to know God's Word ourselves. Right? We need to walk with God. And we need to know it, to share it. And I promise you, young parents, you're going to fail. Sometimes you're going to fail miserably. I know I have. But I thank God that in the midst of it, that there's forgiveness. 
And the kids know, the kids know if we really want to walk with God, if we really desire to live for God. We need to know God's Word. And how do we, men and women, moms and dads, how do we learn God's Word? We come for worship on Sunday mornings. You already heard a plug for adult learning. New class is starting up next week. Flyers in your uh, bulletin. The History of Salvation, Book of Judges, two wonderful books, two great classes. I'm amazed at how excellent our adult learning classes are. Excellent. Thanks for the amen there. They're wonderful. And it's easy for us just to stay in bed. I want to encourage you to get up. Get up. Come come take a class. Pastor Eric mentioned small groups are starting up this week. Another great great way to learn. Less of a of a formal type situation where you can ask questions, where you can get support. If you're not involved in a, in a small group, I want to encourage you to go downstairs today and sign up. Parents, adults, we need it. We need it. Third thing that might be a hindrance is a mindset that it's the church's responsibility to teach our kids. God's Word, God's Word is very clear. It's the parent's responsibility. And I'm not picking on you fathers, but it's the father's responsibility to teach God's word to the children, to train the kids up in God's word. Over the past 30 years, there are times that men have, have loved, men and women have loved, and in some another, they didn't see the importance, the priority of teaching their children. Sometimes they've gotten involved, they got the kids involved in sports programs on Sunday morning. Some of them have told me that they regret it tremendously because they're looking back, they know that God's Word is far more important than a sports program. There's some people in the past I can think of who would come pretty regularly to church, but if the Bears had a ball game at 12 o'clock, they weren't here. They weren't here. I love them. I love them. I love sports. Ask Josh. Do I like football? I love football. I love it. And I'm sure yesterday as we watched the University of Alabama playing someone, Penn State, our neighbors heard us. I was yelling. Zach was yelling. Hey, I love sports. I love football. I played it. It's wonderful. But you know what, people? Church, learning God's Word is far more important. Far more important. And if we choose today, when our children are small, or any other time, to choose the bears over God's Word, we're failing. We're failing. We need to be here. I'm not saying that occasionally one can't miss something, miss church for something. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not a legalist. What I'm saying is God's Word is powerful. It's our standard for life. 
and we need it. And I don't want us as men and women, as fathers and mothers, to put sports in front of church or anything else. I don't pick on, on sports people. I'm sure there are things that, that pull other people away. My point, though, is priority is that we as parents teach our children. What's a priority in your life, my life? A fourth thing that could hinder a child from coming to Christ is poor facilities, a lack of space. I want to say up front, Benny Ortiz does a fantastic job. There are, we have nine facilities, I think it is, nine different properties, and it takes a lot of work. And he has a small staff. And we need help. We need work days where we gather together to clean and to maintain the properties. Last year when we had the Salem Heritage, we had these men and women come back from, from years ago. They said they never hired anyone to maintain the buildings. They did it themselves. They did it themselves. We need to be involved in our facilities so our children can have classrooms and buildings that are in, continually in good shape. Remember three or four years ago when we renovated the basement here, our plan, our goal was to put in place portable classrooms that could be opened up for big events. We would have three or four more classrooms downstairs so that people walking across, not thinking about the teaching, would interrupt. That stopped. We need to continually be thinking, how can we make these facilities more effective to reach people with the gospel? Well, the fifth hindrance is untrained teachers and staff. In talking with Amber and Debbie Runquist and various ones within the children's ministries, our desire is to continually have training. Some of our mothers and fathers said, you know, I've, I'd like to teach. I don't know how. And we want to remove that barrier for you. We want to train you as mothers and fathers to do that. Henry says, we want in every way possible to make it so easy for our children and children in the community to come to Jesus Christ. Barna, as we think about children's ministry, Barna Research did a, um, a research a few years ago, and over half of, the, of Americans who have come to Christ trust Christ before age 13. Two out of three of 64% born-again Christians made the commitment by age 18. One in eight made the profession of faith between 18 and 21. In less than one in four come to Christ after their 21st birthday. Good news? Do you see those stats? We need to reach our children for Jesus Christ. We need to reach children in the community with the gospel. We need to remember these statistics. It's important that we remove anything that would hinder us from reaching people 
reaching children in particular with the gospel. But the fourth thing is to look here, Christ valued children. Christ valued them. As they were bringing the kids to him to touch and the disciples rebuked him, Jesus saw it. He was indignant. And he said, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For such is the king, for such, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. He took them in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. Earlier we saw that Christ was indignant when the disciples took the, pushed the kids away. And secondly, over and over, if you look in the gospels, Christ continually talked about coming to, to faith in a way that a child does. That childlike, dependent trust. Third, Jesus continually took children in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. If you think about his ministry overall, Christ continually ministered to children. He healed children. He cast out demons from kids. He raised a child from the dead. He used a child's loaves and fishes to feed the 5,000. At the triumphant entry, kids cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. And Jesus said that if we receive Christ, or I'm sorry, if we receive a child in the same, in the name, in his name, in Christ's name, they will receive him and receive the one who sent him, God. So if we accept a child into our lives, we're accepting Christ, the Father. Well, what does this mean for us at Good News Bible Church? As we kick off our children's ministry, we need a new kind of partnership. You heard, you heard uh, Amber this morning say already, we need some more staff. We've got 29 kids, whereas we've been having 7 or 8, maybe 10 or 12. We need help. We need a new partnership between not just parents, but single people, parents who have children that are grown. We need to staff these ministries. Again, parents are primary. They're the primary teachers. But parents need the church's help. And that's why the church exists, to provide support, provide training, to help. We need to help parents keep focused on God in the midst of, of parenting. We need to encourage parents to persevere in the midst of those up and down times, year in and year out. Parents need encouragement when things seem to go wrong over and over. We need to pray for them. Parents are key to raising godly children, but God intends for the body of Christ to be involved in that process. And we need parents and others to teach and to oversee, to assist with music, to just be involved in helping. Life is short. It seems like just yesterday that our sons, Chris and I's sons, Zachary and Jared, who are 22 and 18, it seems like yesterday they were born. Now they're, they're adults. I can look back and I wish... There are times that I have left the office 
went home and spent time with my sons. And each of us, wherever we are in life with our kids, we're going to find it hard to find that balance. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Life is short. Take the time to spend with them. As I look around, I see people that are single who don't have kids of their own, but I know they've had powerful influences on their family or on just on family or friends. I want to encourage you. Life is short. We look back. We look back and we wish we'd invested more time with our children. A mother once wrote, One day, as I was picking up the toys off the floor, I noticed a small handprint on the wall beside the door. I knew that it was something that I'd seen most every day. But this time, when I saw it there, I wanted to stay. Then tears welled up inside my eyes. I knew it wouldn't last. For every mother knows her children grow up way too fast. And just then, I put my chores aside and held my children tight. I sang to them sweet lullabies and rocked them into the night. Sometimes we take for granted all those things that seem so small. Life, like one of God's greatest treasures, a small handprint on a wall. It's powerful. I want to encourage us as a congregation. I want to encourage us as parents. I want to encourage us as individuals to value the time we have with our children to value children, to value children's ministries. I want to challenge you, each of us, to get involved with our children's ministries. Who knows the impact? I still look at my own life. I think back, growing up in, a, in an unsaved, unchurched family, came to Christ because of vacation Bible school. We can be used by God to reach people for Christ. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we just we come as we think about this passage. Father, we want to value children in the way that you do. And Father, in the midst of busy schedules, Lord, help us to do our part to bring our children to church to be involved Lord in ministry and Lord help us as a church to keep nothing that might cause a hindrance to children coming to Christ you know Father help us to love children in the way that Christ did and does Father just fill us with a joy in ministry We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.